Oh, look, didn't even give you a countdown or anything. Matt, we're live. We're going. App is not focused, it says. What does that mean? App is not focused. You are unfocused. (laughs) I am unfocused. Hey, speaking of unfocused beginnings, apparently this is financial life planning. I'm Matt Robeson with my co-host, Mike Morton. Mike, let's, I guess for our viewers and our listeners, we're using a new recording technology platform. This goes back to our show a few weeks ago. Why is everything a pain in the ass? This one, (laughs) I love it when robots tell me that I suck in some way. It's like, your app is not focused. It's like, oh, okay, screw you. All right, look, uh, first of all, we're recording this right after Thanksgiving. People may be listening to this or or months hence, but uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Yeah, same to you, Matt. You have a good one? How how much food did you end up eating? Not as much (laughs) as previously. We made a whole... Oh boy, we made too much food. Okay, I, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is one of the points of anxiety in my life is I never feel like there's going to be enough and there's always mm-hmm. way too much. My brother-in-law took the cake though. We had uh, almost 40 people, but only 28 of them were adults and he had us peel 30 pounds of potatoes. 30 there's pounds. something wrong with this math. Nice. Hey, speaking of being thankful for things, I am thankful to have you in my life as a friend and as a co-host. And sometimes friends need to help friends and... <laughs> Sometimes you need to be very candid with your friends. And you were telling me right before we started recording that you had a conversation with a friend recently that caused some distress, some some concern, and it was time for you to get real with this friend about a problem. So walk me through this. All right. So yeah, just the other day, my friend Jane, we'll call her Jane, came in the office. Come in the office. I like to start stories that way, but I haven't. It's not coming in the office. There's no office. It's the virtual office. Uh, so Jane came into my vir- virtual office, and I could tell right away we're doing the pleasantries. How's it going? I haven't seen you in a while, and I could tell right away she was very anxious. So I was like, Hey, how's things going? She's like, Let me ask you a question. Is it? <laughs> and I was like, Okay, where's where this going? But she was like, Is it normal or usual to get say two or three life insurance policies and i was like it's not really typical why are you asking and she said a friend of hers right well a friend of mine and this is true it's actually a friend it's her cousin we'll say it's her cousin um was working recently had some inheritance contacted by a financial advisor working with a financial advisor um and was talking with jane about the experience you know very recent the last six months and said i've got two or three life insurance policies, a little confused about, you know, why we ended up doing that. Um, and also didn't quite understand the mix of investment. You know, hey, Jane, I've asked my advisor about some investments, but never really understood what they are. Is this normal? They're just having a conversation, you know, about their finances. And so it just reminded me, Jane had talked to her cousin before this had happened, before the inheritance. And if she had just explained some of the things that she knows about working with advisors, the types of advisors to her cousin may have avoided a situation where maybe the life insurance policies make sense. Maybe the mix of investments make sense, but you want, as a client, I always want my clients to understand why we, maybe we have a couple of insurance policies, what the mix of investments are. And if they're asking, if they're confused, I'm going to spend time and like work on that with them. And so you never want to have a client that's confused about why you're doing something or anything like that. And so if Jane had just took a little bit of time, maybe months before and made a recommendation or just had a communication around, Hey, here's the types of advisors you want to be looking for, who you want to be working with so that you really get the right person for you. So this episode is about if you care about your friends or the people in your life, you, the listener, are very smart and know these things already because you're listening to this podcast, you know a lot of this stuff. But for your friends out there or your family members don't know as much 
as you do about the financial industry and what's out there and what you should be looking out for. And so today's episode to give you a couple of tips that you can easily communicate with them to help out your friends and family to make sure they're getting the right advice for them. I can hear you very judiciously pulling some punches in your description (laughs) here, which I understand because you work with a whole range of people in financial advice and the financial services industry. They have a mix of business models. They have a mix of incentives. Some of them may have incentives that aren't the greatest, but are genuinely upstanding, doing good Mm -hmm. services, people you work with and would recommend. And some of them are the opposite. So you're you're being judicious. (laughs) I have the privilege of not being judicious. (laughs) So we've just found another use case for me co-hosting this show with you. That is bad. If you're getting sold multiple life insurance policies and you find out that the person who's doing the selling has financial incentives that basically reward them for doing that, that's bad. That's just a bad setup. You don't want to be in a situation where someone's financial well-being depends on selling you useless stuff that you don't need or overselling you stuff or upselling you stuff. It's just, it's uncomfortable. It's bad. It's not in your interest. And sometimes just a little bit of bluntness is worth it there. And part of what I hear you saying is like, Sometimes an outside perspective is worth it. And just saying to people, you're kind of getting a little screwed here. This is bad. And and that's, you You don't have to say that. I'm saying it. You don't have to say it. All right. So you want to help people navigate. You want financial advice. And this can come in different forms. There could be different things you're looking for. And you need to figure out how to avoid being in one of these situations. You want to get into a good situation with someone who you can really trust. That's that's basically the upshot. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so how do you find that person? And we'll have later on, and Matt, I do have show notes for today. I don't know if you scrolled all the way down. We have nine questions to interview your potential financial advisor. And we're not going to go through the questions on on the website. Um, But the first thing you want to do when you look for a financial advisor is you want to hire a fee-only fiduciary certified financial planner. If you stop with those three things, and we'll talk over all three of them, fee-only, fee-only, fiduciary, CFP, or certified financial planner. So those three things, just use that as your search criteria. Only talk to people or hire somebody that has those. There's plenty of them out there. But those are the three things I would highly recommend um, that you look for in a financial advisor. Again, there's hundreds and thousands of them out there, but fee-only, fiduciary, CFP. All right, let's address the elephant in the room here. I could just imagine our listeners saying, wait a second, you just told me to watch out for people serving their own interests and trying to sell me something. And so they might be thinking to themselves, I'll bet Mike Morton is a fee-only <laughs> fiduciary certified, what, what's a CFP Whatever. again? <laughs> Cert- I, I want to start having a three-letter acronym after my name. I'm just going to start making them up. I'm, a, I'm an LLB. I'm a, <laughs> I don't know what that means. You're an LOL. LOL, I'm Matt. LOL. Yeah. I'm, that would be awesome. Introduce uh, I'm Matt Robeson, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> just I'm do it R-O-T-F-L. like that. Just, I'm just rolling on the floor laughing. That's not useful. It's just yeah. a thing. Yeah. I, I wanna so I want to say something up front about that, which is I struggle with this a little bit. I don't just do this show with you. I, I do a variety of shows. And 
I got to say, not to sprain my shoulder patting myself on the back, but I work pretty hard to create something that's high quality. You know, when I usually I'm talking, like we joke a lot about the fact that I don't have financial planning expertise. Usually I'm talking about politics and government. I spent 20 years in those fields and I bring on guests who know a ton about those fields. I bring on members of Congress. I bring working journalists and I try to create something that is informative and entertaining. And there are 750,000 active podcasts out there. And I think that the vast majority of them, I'm not trying to diss the other people out there, but I don't think that they put that level of expertise and care. And I'm trying very hard to operate a Michelin one-star restaurant next to a McDonald's. And there's a time and place for McDonald's, you know, but it's, it's a tough situation. So I am just going to, again, put words in your mouth and say, I, I fully understand where you're coming from here. You're giving people... It, you're giving people a nudge to go toward a higher quality level of advice that they can really trust because you know that someone has incentives that are aligned with your best interests. This is the way you approach your work. This is the way you believe things should be done. And I don't think you need to feel bad about, even though I'm caveating this an awful lot, I don't think you need to be bad about saying, there's a reason that I do all this. There's a reason that I work so hard to get these three-letter certifications and to approach things the way I do, it's because I truly think it's best for people and it's in their best interests. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Matt. It is, it's really important. I appreciate that, that uh, those caveats and the way that you do things and setting it up um, and your comments. So thank you for that. It's just important. And the reason I highlighted these three that we'll go over fee-only fiduciary CFP is because there's hundreds and thousands of planners and advisors out there that have that. So you can find somebody that's going to work for you, but you already know that you're eliminating sort of 90% of the people that might not have the incentives fully aligned with you. Now, there are good people throughout the industry. You already said that. They're all great people. Um, it's just you want them to be fully aligned with what you are looking for. So there is a stat that 83, this is a few years ago, but 83% of advisors are fee-based and not fee only. All right, so that only leaves 15, 17% that are fee only. And when you're talking about fee-based, that's life insurance and commissions. We're gonna talk about it here right now versus fee only. You definitely want a fee only person. It's just eliminating some conflicts of interest and aligning you know, their advice for you. Well, it's, all right, let's get into okay. it. That's interesting right off the bat to me. If I saw that I was looking at hiring someone, I wouldn't hire someone other than you, but if I were looking at hiring someone, if I saw fee-based, I would, that's confusing to me. Yeah, in fact, you won't even see it, Matt. That's the problem. So this is where like those list of questions, if you're thinking about hiring an advisor, you find a couple, I always recommend find a couple to interview, find somebody that's gonna work for you. First question, how do you get paid? You know, what's the fee structure? You want somebody that's fee only. So if you do see that on the website or you're doing some research, that's great. If you don't see it, ask the question. Okay, fee only means this. There's fee, and listen, don't worry about fee only and fee based and all this other stuff. Fee only means that you are only paid by your clients. Okay, you are not paid any commissions for selling a product. You're not paid any referral fees or kickbacks or wrap fees or other ways of getting paid, but that might not be fully aligned. If I'm sitting across from Matt and I'm, and I love Matt and he's telling me, you know, about what some financial stuff he needs. And I, I notice, oh, you might need some life insurance. That might be something I recommend. But if I get paid $3,000 to sell Matt some life insurance, 
I'm really gonna be thinking about that life insurance for him. That's 3,000 bucks in my pocket for 30 minutes of work. You know, of telling him like, oh man, sounds like you really need to protect your family, Matt. Well, why wouldn't you wanna do that? <laughs> you know? Right, no, absolutely. Um, and so it's, you know, the commissions are on these products, either investments or insurances. It's not that you don't need them, you do need them, but work with somebody when you're talking about financial planning, financial advice, fee only only getting paid by your client, no incentives for any kind of specific investment recommendations, specific insurance recommendations or anything like that. Yeah, this is a well-studied problem in economics. It's called the principal agent problem. And it's it sounds really antiseptic when you say it as, well, your incentives may not be aligned with your client's incentives. But what it really means is your financial well-being, you as like the financial advisor, if it depends on selling stuff to your clients, then, you know, you're going to end up doing it. It's the old ride with the devil long enough. Pretty soon he's going to take the wheel and even good people are going to bow to those incentives. A no. question for you about this. So you were saying interview people, interview a few people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you want to establish upfront fee only. It sounds like your recommendation, though, about fee only is a really strong one, is a real only do this. Would you, even before you make the time to sit down with someone, would you recommend that you just get that information upfront? Are you fee only? And unless the answer is yes, just don't bother. Yeah, yeah. Send them a quick email. If you're like, hey, I'm thinking about hiring an advisor. You know, here's a couple of quick questions before we sit down for half an hour. Um, yeah, definitely. I would do all three. Are you a fee only fiduciary CF? I mean, the CFP should be easy because it'll be after there. You know, usually like people like to shout about that. So that one should be pretty easy. The other two are a little bit trickier to understand. So just send them an email and just ask those questions. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to get into the alphabet soup acronyms, all joking aside, but <clears throat> there are lookalike acronyms out there, much like fee based sounds an awful yeah. lot like fee only you, what you're saying is certified financial planner c f p don't accept lookalikes <laughs> yeah now this one the reason i like the cfp is because not only does it show that you're serious and you've spent time getting some knowledge to go through the cfp you've got to take about eight or nine courses and courses with thick textbooks, think back to college, the, that kind of course with a test at each one, you got to pass them all. And then a, then an overall test. It's an eight hour a test about all of that stuff. And then there's also- Eight hour work. test? Yeah. Yep. That's, it's a that's full, a it's a full day. And then also there's a work requirement, two to 3,000 hours you have to work in the industry. So it's all that, the coursework, the comprehensive test, and a number of hours of work, two to three years, basically, of full-time work uh, to get the certified financial planner. So I like it not only because it shows, oh, you took a lot of coursework, you got some knowledge, but also just you show the commitment to like, if you're serious about helping people, you know, it shows a level of commitment to get that for yourself, put in all that time and effort because you really want to help other people. That's why I like the CFP. And there are other ones, they're great. Um, other ones can be just as rigorous. Just if you're looking for a financial planner or financial advisor for comprehensive financial advice from estate planning, tax planning, insurances, invest, you know, kind of everything, I think the CFP curriculum um, encompasses all of that. Other certifications can be more direct for um, particular parts of that. If you're looking for the comprehensive thing, I think a CFP is a wonderful one to, to look for. Are you ready to create your ideal lifestyle? 
Let's discover what's most important to you and design a plan to have more of that in your life. Go to meetmikemorton.com. All one word, meetmikemorton.com. Let's uh, let's hit, we, we jumped ahead there on CFP, fee-only, fiduciary CFP. We've talked about it before, but explain the word fiduciary again. Fiduciary means that you are legally responsible for giving advice that makes sense for the client. So I'm legally responsible for the advice that I give to you. And if it can be proven like, hey, I gave this advice for some other incentive or reason, then you can sue me and say, hey, you are a fiduciary. You're act, you have to act legally for me. And the way that I think about it, I always say this to clients is, if you had all of my knowledge and experience around financial planning, financial advice, what decisions would you make for yourself? So I try to put myself in your shoes, really understanding everything and try to think, what would I do in this situation? What would I do if I was living this life? What kind of investments or insurances would I get or savings would I do and stuff like that? That's what fiduciary means. Uh, Lots of people are fiduciaries, but again, probably 80 plus percent of the industry are not fiduciaries. And I hate throwing out other things, but they will tell you there's a best interest. Oh no, Matt, I have to work in your best interest. Because that's the law. It's literally best. And which sounds better? Oh, I can work in your best interest or fiduciary. I don't quite understand. Best interest sounds great. Oh, you got to work in my best interest. But it's not. Fiduciary is what you want. Legally responsible for giving you advice for you. So just feel, again, it's easy, Matt. Fee only, fiduciary, CFP. Just check those three boxes and then find somebody that you're really going to get along with working. And let's get a little bit into the nine questions. And it sounds off the bat, I'm taken with this idea that you really should pre-screen with mm-hmm. your three-part formula right up front because otherwise you are kind of wasting your time. You're going to get into very confusing sounding distinctions between best interest and fiduciary. I know yeah. this because I've gotten into these conversations myself <laughs> where I've had people who I like, who are intelligent and who are trustworthy explain to me, I have to act in your best interests, but they're not a legal fiduciary And I'm sort of like, I guess that sounds okay. And you just don't want to be in in this position. Yeah, I actually, I really like the way you said that, Matt. Just fire off an email right up front. Hey, are you check these three boxes? Because like I've said, there's hundreds and thousands of advisors out there that check the three boxes. So just do a search and find a few of those first before having the conversation and moving forward with, oh yeah, I think we might work well together. At least just check those boxes because once you meet somebody and you're hanging out and it's like, oh yeah, our conversation is pretty good. Yeah, I guess we could work together. And then you find out they're not one of those three. It's going to be really hard. So the your first three questions here, are you a fiduciary? What are your credentials and fees? How are you paid? Yep. We've already covered that. What's yeah. in the rest of the nine? Yeah, so we're going to put the nine up on the webpage and in the show notes. You can see those. And I'm going to answer them up on my website. I will have the questions and my answers to the questions because I love going through here and, and answering these. So I'm not going to go through all nine. You can check them out. But one I'll pull out is the investment philosophy. So I think it's a really good question to ask a potential advisor. What is your investment philosophy? How do you choose investments? How do you think about investments? What, if we were working together, what kind of investments would you have me potentially have me um, choose? And I think that's really good because my answer is, you know, from listening to the show, low cost index funds, massively diversified, set and forget and rebalance portfolio. 
that could align with you. Okay. If you think, oh yeah, that's a great answer. That's what I like. I don't, I believe in that academic research. I've read some articles. That's great. Then you're really aligned. So that makes it a great question. But you might be a stock picker. You might love to pick different stocks and get in and out. And that's really interesting. You, you read the news on different companies and you want an advisor that's going to help you sort through that. That's great too, if that's something you are interested in. So find an advisor that's going to work with you on individual companies, or I'm, I love the tech sector or whatever it is. And so I think the investment philosophy is a really great question to ask advisors to make sure you're going to be aligned because a lot of, you know, many of your conversations are going to be about investments. So make sure you're aligned with how you think about investing. I, looking down this list, I, that's fine. We don't have to get into all of the pieces. I, I think it's kind of interesting. I've done a change in my own approach in, in talking to people that I'm basically hiring. I used to be bashful, maybe, about talking mm -hmm. about money. I think people frequently are. I think it, it just feels like a delicate gauche, as it were, thing to bring up with someone. What do you charge? How much will this cost? And the longer I've gone, the more I've begun to feel like that's actually bad. That's backwards. And it's insidiously bad because it gets your relationship off on the wrong foot and an uncomfortable foot. It actually makes things worse. It's a little bit like I went to grad school at Harvard. And I knew a lot of people who would be at great pains to try not to sound like a jerk by saying, <laughs> I go to Harvard. And so they would go through this five-step tap dance and be like, yeah, I'm in grad school in Cambridge, Massachusetts, you know, at a school <laughs> that you may have heard of. Oh, it's, I don't I don't want to say what it is. It's like, <laughs> now you sound like an ass, basically. And so I'm just into coming out and saying to people, how much does this cost? And I think if you're going to get into a relationship with a financial advisor who, you know, is going to be doing a deep, thorough dive into some important details in your life, just blow right through that. What does yeah. this cost? When is it going to cost me? Why do you charge this amount? Why do you charge more or less than your competitors? Get into it. Oh, and just rip your top off. Run around <laughs> a little bit. Nice. I, I totally agree, especially in this context. But, you know, every time you're hiring somebody, you should feel, yeah, it feels uncomfortable to ask the question. But ask the question. And what you want is a response from somebody that's, like, very clear. Oh, here's what I charge. Boom. Oh, why do you charge that way? Well, here's why. Here's what's important to me. Here's why. I here's how I chose these numbers. Here's how I chose. And you want somebody that can clearly, again, it's all about clarity, clearly tell you why it's done that way. Same with investments, insurances. Why do you recommend this insurance? Here, X, Y, and Z. And you should be able to understand it, okay? So listen to the answer. And you can always go back away after the conversation and then recall and think, did I really get all? You know, you don't have to do it right in the moment, you know, but ask clarifying questions. Make sure you understand the answers that you're hearing, okay? Because if you don't understand that in a 30-minute conversation or a couple times, you know, what are the chances over, over the coming years that you're going to really understand all the advice and recommendations that you're getting? Yeah. Now zero. I also zero. Yeah. I also want to go back to what you said at this time, you know, talking about finances definitely feels kind of strange talking about money, your money, but think of it in this way, your context of what we said at the top of the show, you want to help your friend. If you care about your friends and your family, you want to genuinely be helpful. Okay. If the conversation is coming up around something about finances or something about money and you're talking about the markets or the economy or whatever it is. And they're like, man, I think I could use some help or something. Just mention those three words. Hey, you know what? 
just make sure you're looking for a fee-only fiduciary CFP. You know, I mean, there's certain, there's websites you can find them. You can do searches all over the place, you know, to find those, those three, but just help out your friends, family, your community, let them know the things that you know by listening to this podcast that you know these, these things, but help them out as well. Because again, nine out of 10 people they run into that say financial advisor, financial planner are not going to have these three check marks. All right. And so you want to help your friends and family, just let them know, look, here's what you should be looking for. Yeah, I think that's, I think that it really is the nub of it, right? It's, and you don't have to, there's that saying, sometimes you have to be cruel to be kind. You don't have to be a dick about this, but huh. you wouldn't go to an auto mechanic who had, who was paid on the basis of upselling you a new sound system. You would be suspicious of what you were getting. It's not the basis for a healthy relationship and your relationship with your financial advisor is a, is about a lot more money depends on what kind of car you have, but it's about a lot more money and it's about some pretty intimate details of your life. And so yeah. you just, you want to be sure up front. All right. So you're going to put those nine questions on your yep. website. Repeat your website. Morton Financial Advice. And when people get there, what probing, difficult question should they ask you that will put you on the spot and make you uncomfortable? <laughs> um, put me on the spot and make me feel uncomfortable? At this point, not a lot. I've been doing this for a while and I've gotten a lot of questions that did put me on the spot, but I've worked through them. Heard, I've heard a lot of different things. Um, I do like the background question. So people often ask, um, what's your background? How did you get into this? And I think that's a, that's a great question too. I didn't put it in my list of nine, actually. It's why, why are you doing this? What's your incentive to be a financial advisor? What do you love about it? Or where'd you come from? Um, and I do that question as well. So maybe I'll throw that in as a bonus one at the end. Bonus number 10. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. I think that, uh, no, and I, I'm going to trust you. If I'm doing something bad, you're going to have one of those tactful conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We'll do that next time, Matt. I got a whole show ready. <laughs> <laughs> Something to look forward to for our listeners as well. All right. From Mike Morton, I'm Matt Robeson. Maybe we will see you next time. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.